Welcome to the Lifeletics Podcast, a brand dedicated to the growth of athletes as they transition to life after sports. My name is Megan Ruder, former D1 swimmer at Florida Atlantic University. My goal here is to make all athletes feel empowered to take on the sport of life. everyone. Today we are speaking with Andrew Belsick, a former baseball player at Notre Dame University. He is one of the many athletes that had their senior year taken from them by COVID. However, he did not allow this to come between him and his dream of being a professional baseball player. He was an athlete with no plan B and is now one year out of sport, navigating the challenges thrown his way. I hope you enjoy this episode, and if you do, please subscribe, share with a friend, and let us know in a review what you thought. Let's jump in. Welcome, Andrew. I'm so excited Thank to you. have you on here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So I read through your story a little bit, and baseball in general, first off, that is probably one of the number one sports that athletes try to go pro. You really did try throughout your college career, and ultimately COVID just took a tumble, everything just kind of came came down. But I want to hear your story about it. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, we'll start way back in high school. I felt like I was kind of just like an average player. I was a hitter, didn't pitch much. And then I was actually at a perfect game showcase and I was hitting and I was doing terrible. I was probably like 0 for 9. And the coach on that team of my showcase team was like, what are you doing here, man? Like, <laughs> you sure you play baseball? And He's like, we need someone to come pitch for us. And I was like, well, I used to pitch when I was like, I think I stopped pitching when I was like 12 or something. And I think I was 15 at this time. And so they're like, all right, well, we need you to go in and pitch. And I pitched really well. And he's like, well, I knew you had to be able to play some kind of baseball because you can't hit. Oh, thanks, man. When you learned that you wanted to pitch. Yeah. And the funny thing is once once I started pitching, my hitting got better because I kind of like when you're focused on one thing all the time, like you get kind of so focused on that you start doing bad at it that like when you have two avenues to kind of go back and forth between you can all right i'm not hitting well today at least i can pitch or like kind of vice versa and so i pitched in that showcase and then i got invited to a showcase like a few weeks after that and hit like 89 or something or maybe i hit 90 there and notre dame was watching and so they started following me and then they offered me my junior year so i committed notre dame and it's funny because my high school coach still didn't think I was a pitcher. So I didn't pitch at all junior year. I pitched one game. And then senior year, I was one of our three starters. And that kind of like solidified, like, I'm just a pitcher. And so then went to Notre Dame, pitched like an inning in the third my freshman year. And was just super bummed out. I was like, this sucks. Which, I mean, I think everyone goes into college thinking they're like going to play a lot as a freshman. And and it's not the case usually anywhere, unless you're like some stud that just is a beast. But most of the time, you're like not going to play your freshman year. And did you know that going in, though? No. So it's funny because like you're getting recruited. Your coaches are telling you, like, yeah, you're going to be like a guy, you know. But you got to think you have like 21-year-olds, 22-year-olds on these teams. And you're coming at 18. Like they're definitely going to play over you. They're probably better than you. And I wasn't ready for that. So and then for some reason, I like, came back sophomore year just like kind of pumped up and like ready to go and had a good fall work myself into a primetime reliever role for us which was super cool and so I got a ton of innings sophomore year and 
I had a blast. And then they, they wanted me to go summer ball again. So I went to Michigan, had a great summer there and then came back junior year and like, oh, my draft year, like I'm ready for this. Me and my friend, Anthony, were like, this is our only chance. Like we need to get drafted now or like our lives are over. Like that's how we thought about it. You know, <laughs> like you said, like everyone so playing baseball in college wants to play pro. So yeah, that's that kind of our mindset. the only thing on the line. Yeah. 100%. Did your, any of your teammates think of like a career that they knew they wanted to go into or like. I had like two buddies that were like, okay, baseball's not everything, you know, like. I know I want to get into finance and I want to go work on Wall Street. Like there's a, there was a few guys on the team like that. I was like, no, baseball or nothing, you know, no plan B. That was like my mindset, which, which is good. Like you got to kind of push yourself, but so it didn't happen that year. And like, that was kind of a buzzkill. You're like, well, what do I do now? You still got an extra year. So then that summer I went home and I like kind of the reason I thought I didn't get drafted was because I didn't throw hard enough. Cause I had good stats, but I was like, well, I'm only throwing, I'm topping like 91, 92. And then you watch the big leagues nowadays, everyone's like 98. Like everyone throws so hard too. Like, All right, I gotta go home and learn how to throw harder. So that's what I did. Came back senior year, started the season off rough and then had a great outing. And then that next weekend they canceled the season because of COVID. So that was a big bummer. Took everything out. Yeah. Took everything out, man. Now, what I'm curious, so you went home for the summer. Did Notre Dame choose that for you or did you decide that and why? So they gave me the option that year because I had thrown a lot of innings my junior year. I told them I'd rather go home. So, which was nice that they gave me the option because I think I was getting a little burnt out, you know. You go into fall ball, go into the season, go into summer ball. It's like some dudes never get a break, like... And it's, it's just too much, wow. I think. Well, and, and that too, like you're so far away from home, right? Your home is Tampa, Florida. When did you get to go home? Ever? So we had a fall break in October. I'd usually come home for that. Just because there was a flight right from South Bend in the St. Pete Clearwater Airport. And so my mom would always book that for me to come home, which was nice. And then we'd get Thanksgiving. And then we'd get a month for Christmas. And then after that, once the season started, you, you don't get any breaks in the, in the spring. They're just going, going, going. So like you want to go home wow. in the summer, but a lot of the summer, both um, seasons start right after season. Some start actually while you're still in season. <laughs> so if like, say you make it to wow. the playoffs or something, your summer ball team might already be started. So. Wow. So you guys really truly barely get a break. Yeah, and a lot of guys didn't get a break. I guess I never really thought of like how grateful I am for swimming being an individual sport because I can go home and practice wherever. But I think a swim practice is like brutal and baseball sometimes like, all right, we're just standing around shagging balls, you know. That's true. We had these Navy SEALs come to us one time. Our coach was like really into mindset stuff and like being mentally tough. Okay. These Navy SEALs come out and we had to tread water and like take a sweatshirt off in the water and then pass it over another teammate and have them put it on. And like a couple guys were waterboarding themselves and it was, it was kind of funny for me to watch, but, but it was kind of freaky for other kids. They're struggling in the water. 
I don't think people realize and how tough swimming is. I think if you just really put it into perspective of the fact that like it's running but holding your breath, like you just yeah, constant going and holding your breath. It happens in no other sport. No. It's silly. <laughs> so you said your coach was super into mentality and all game. that stuff. Oh, yeah. The mental game was like his biggest thing. It's the most important part. I think as a college student, you don't realize that. And you kind of, I didn't take it seriously. And a lot of guys didn't, which kind of stinks looking back because I'm sure it would have helped me if I maybe would have focused on that a little bit more, you know. What kind of things would he do to implement that? We would meditate before the games. So we would do like, okay. it was called like five, four, three breathing. And we would do like the breathing triangle. So you'd like breathe in for four, hold for two, out for four, hold for two, things like that. And then we would listen to a, like a visualization tape. So this guy, Brian Kane, he's like a big um, mental game coach. He, he does a lot of schools, different sports and stuff. Great guy. I met him a few times. He's awesome. So he would do a recording for us. Like, this is the mental uh, visualization pregame for Notre Dame baseball. And then he'd go through it. He's like, imagine yourself taking them out. And it was like, you'd close your eyes and, and we would kind of, you know, joke about it and hit each other because we'd have to lay down on the floor and listen to it with our eyes closed. And oh. looking back, like, it, I think it did help. If you can recognize the moment you're in and take a breath and you, you, know, you don't let the moment get bigger than you is what he always said which is a smart thing, mm. I think, that helped a lot. So, The introduction to things like that at a younger age is huge. It's tough to get people to buy in, but ultimately mm -hmm. it does help a lot, um, especially when you're in a room full of guys. But so this is only a year ago that you've been back at home. Well, so I after COVID, the NCAA gave us an extra year of eligibility. So I went to Houston for a fifth year and which was great for me because I think if my baseball career had just ended at ND after COVID, I would kind of like regret things and like it would have left a bittersweet taste in my mouth, you know. So then getting to go to Houston and I took that year like super seriously, like tried to go out less and like kind of focus on baseball a bit more. And then it didn't happen. I was like, okay, like at least I gave it everything I had and didn't get drafted, you know? And so I think that was a big closure thing for me, which I'm glad what happened happened, you know? Yeah. At the end of the day, you can't really go back and change it. So no, um, no. you kind of just made the most of what you had. Where do you find your biggest struggle right now after sports? I think the biggest struggle I've had in the past like year and a half after being done with baseball, just kind of like, figuring out my path and like what else I'm passionate about because once baseball was over I kind of was done with it you know I was left fulfilled with my baseball career I wasn't missing it very much and I didn't really think about baseball I didn't, really haven't picked up a baseball since like I don't really care to throw anymore kind of save that to when I have a son or something that wants to play catch you know so finding your passion what have you explored and where are you currently finding that fulfillment right now? Yeah, so um, I actually, my dad and I built a food truck together. And so we, we built that one. And then he was like, oh, let's build another one out of nowhere, which, which actually I was excited about because I found that I like the building aspect of it more than I do 
going out and serving food, which the serving food's fun and it's awesome. But building that food truck kind of like opened up this desire to build and construct things, which I didn't know I had. And so mm-hmm. right now I'm working um, with my friend. His dad's a general contractor. We've been doing bathroom remodels and kitchen remodels. And I enjoy it. Like I look forward to going to work every day and, and doing that kind of work. And so that's kind of like my path I want to go down now is like potentially get my general contractor's license one day and start my own remodeling company or even new build houses. So very cool. Yeah. Real estate development right now is a pretty hot topic, I would say. Huge. Do you live back with your parents now or are you by yourself in an apartment? So actually, I'm kind of in an interesting situation. My dad owns a a commercial warehouse where he rents out half the building and then he just has some other offices in here. And so my girlfriend and I are living in an apartment in the warehouse that him and I built together. So it's a little odd. No way. Yeah. So that's where we are right now. Very cool. So. So you guys built like a makeshift apartment. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, we um, we built an office downstairs, and then on top of that, we were like, let's build an apartment up here and live here until we can afford a house. Oh my gosh, this is so cool! So you're saving money, and your girlfriend's there with you, so she's mm-hmm. doing her thing. Yeah, so I think that's another reason why transitioning out of baseball was kind of easy for me. Was her too. We actually knew each other when we were younger. She swam for the school my sister went to. And we knew of each other and never really talked. And then I came home this summer before senior year and we reconnected and it hit it off. And I asked her out and started dating. So we did distance for two years, which was tough. But wow, it wasn't that hard because we liked each other so much. So it made it easier. And then we lived with our parents for a while and then I moved into an apartment with her and then built this one and we've been living together probably almost for a year now. So that little time that you came home during the summer was actually meant to be. Exactly. No, it was perfect. Yeah. I think it's so tough for athletes, especially nowadays, to feel like what they're doing is enough and what they're doing is productive. Did you feel like that moment in summer that you were like on the path? Or do you struggle to think about it that way? I think that summer before Houston, I was like, let's give it all I have, whatever. And if it doesn't happen, then it wasn't meant to be. But I think before that, I was kind of on the mindset, like, like you said, I need to work harder. Like, I need to do everything I can. Because there is kind of that culture where you can get into a mindset where you're not doing enough, even though you're probably doing plenty. When you're thinking about the type of life that you want to build for yourself and your health, your mental health, business, relationships, all of those things combined, where do you find your biggest priority is right now? I think um, in the past few months, the biggest priority was like finding something I was passionate about and doing. And it was just recently that I realized that building and construction was like where I wanted to be. Because before that, I was like, I don't know, I can get into sales. I think I was kind of like money driven. Which I think I still am. Like, I think everyone is. But my biggest priority now is learning. Basically, it's like learning all I can about the industry and 
and then eventually using all those skills to build my own business, you know? Yeah. I think that's really cool that you, you found your niche and at least you're going to start to run with it because it's at the other side of giving it your all that you can fully actually decide if, yes, this is for me or this is not for me. Do you have any current like friends that are still struggling and what would be your advice to them now that you have just recently found your little niche that you are passionate about? It's sad because I don't like talk to all my baseball friends that often anymore. I hate to say it, but I am not like a hundred percent sure what is going on in a lot of my friends' lives after baseball. Maybe they, that's a good thing. Yeah. But I think a, a one thing that I've realized is that a lot of my buddies realized early on than I did that they weren't going to play professional baseball and kind of like started building that path for themselves. Then for me, it was like, you know, this is it. I'm giving everything I can. And I never had a second plan. So would you have given yourself a second plan going back? I don't regret anything that happened, but, but I think I could have learned more. Well, especially if I knew construction was an interest of mine, which I didn't at the time. So it's hard to say that. But if I did, I would have taken, which I don't even think Notre Dame had classes like that, but a lot of schools do where you can learn about building plans and layouts and stuff like that or design, which I think would have been cool. I got the Notre Dame experience, but I kind of was just playing baseball. Like it's what I went to college for. Yeah. So do you mostly now with your job that's really hands-on are you getting your workout through that or are you doing another workout routine when we were building the apartment it was pretty gruesome and you know we're doing a lot of heavy lifting doing the framing work but now i'm not moving as much i'm kind of just so if we're doing tile work i go out i cut he tells me the measurements i go out and cut the tile bring it back in he puts it up and so we're not doing as grueling of work but at the end of the day you're so tired still like you did a workout but you didn't you're like i probably didn't burn that many calories but you're just exhausted and that I don't end up working out either because I'm too tired to. So that's that's the one problem that I have with it. Like, I got to get better about that. Either, like, waking up early and getting a workout in or getting one in the afternoon. Early, if I could yeah. suggest anything. Well, my girlfriend and I were talking about it. And college sports have taught us to, like, kill yourself in every workout, right? Like, you go in, you're in there for, like, an hour and a half. You're lifting as heavy as possible every single time. And you come home with that mindset. You're like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to just be dead every time I work out. So that's another thing I need to realize is like, I can go in and just kind of do a few sets to feel good and then be done rather than like, I'm going to go in there and try to get an hour and a half workout in. Yeah. I started transitioning my workout regimen to lifting and it's actually been really nice because I focus on a different muscle group every day right. and I can go in there for like, 30 to 45 minutes if I want to, and then like hop on the Stairmaster or do, you know, a w longer walk, really break it up. Definitely recommend getting back into it. Even if it's just something small, I think either way, it'll make you feel a lot better. I came home and I've been working out like the past year and a half, but then I don't know, for the past like two months, I've just like not been interested in lifting and it's bad because like I was, I was like bodybuilding. I was like, that'd be cool to get into. And then <laughs> I don't know. My interests change a lot. I didn't want to like make money off of bodybuilding, but I'm like, oh, I could get in pretty good shape. Like, let's just, get, let's go all out and lift every day and get huge. And then, and then I was like, I don't know if I could do this. And then, and then you start like 
especially if you're uh, bulking. Like I would, just, I would just eat what I want and tell people like, yeah, I'm just bulking, you know? And then you start not looking great and you're like, okay, I got to cut this out. It's really all in all in what you eat. It's oh, so uh, much diet. The diet it's is crazy. Yeah, because I did a big diet going into my fifth year at Houston because I was kind of heavy from just drinking a lot in college and stuff. And I was like, I'm going to get in really good shape, yeah. stop drinking and, and got in great shape. But then I was like, this is tough, like tracking calories and stuff. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I stopped doing that. And now I kind of just like go off what my body feels like, you know, like, all right, I don't need to eat a ton right now. You know, and just kind of yeah. like read, you read your body. You know, what's really interesting is I saw a quote the other day that was like, in order to not weigh your food, you have to go through a time period of weighing your food. I was like, that is actually genius because it opens your mind to so many different things that you would have never actually realized. It's not saying you have to go weigh, weigh your food or count your calories for the rest of your life, but I'm sure when you did, it gave you so much perspective. Oh, you have to have an idea of what your plate looks like. Because honestly, I think mm -hmm. I'm not like 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure in college, like I didn't even know what calories were. Like, I don't think anyone ever spoke of calories, calorie intake, outtake, like nothing. Like I never had heard anybody speak about this, even in health and high school and stuff like that. So like, I thought just like, eating healthy meant you'd be in good shape. So if, like I'm eating, you know, chicken it doesn't matter if i'm cooking it in butter or olive oil like it's healthy vegetables eat a big salad i'm like it could have been a 2000 calorie meal but i'm like oh it's healthy stuff so that was like a huge mindset change for me when i found out like how much calories was in everything i was like i used to i would get like an apple but then i'd have probably like three tablespoons of peanut butter on my plate and i'm like okay there's like 500 calories worth of peanut butter i'm about to eat which i didn't even know so yeah, yeah, right. So once you do start tracking, you need to do it for a little bit. And then you're like, oh, okay, now I kind of know what is in certain things and what I should eat and stay away from or eating, you know, small amounts. So Yeah. And you experiment and you learn like the way your body responds. But when you're thinking of it in that light and you're actually paying attention to it, I feel like you notice more of what your body's doing. When you eat those certain things. Yeah. I think that's something that needs to be taught in school. Because I don't think any, at any level they teach about health in terms of like what you're eating in terms of calories and stuff like that. So I think that's something in high school they should teach. Even in college sports they should teach. Like especially in swimming. Like okay you guys are probably burning 2,500 calories in this practice. I know they tell you you got to eat. You got to eat. But it's like no you need to break it down like. You guys are expending so much energy, you need to eat this or you're going to lose weight. When in baseball, a lot of times you're not expending a ton of energy. And so, Andrew, you, like, you don't need to be as much as you are eating, you know? <laughs> and no one ever told me that. I mean, I wasn't like fat, but I could have been in better shape, you know? Well, I think that's too, like, you guys spend so much time out there on the baseball field. But like you said, sometimes it's like just, tossing around baseballs you know you're not expending that much energy right because you feel like you did a lot max at baseball practice you can go in the locker room and, oh my and grab like a cb and j during practice <laughs> all right i'm gonna go to the bathroom real quick you just make yourself pb and j eat it go back out there there's a lot, of, a lot of things you probably don't know that go on during baseball practice so funny
I can't believe you guys eat PB&J during practice. I would throw up immediately. One thing we used to do was they would have this big tub of um, double bubble, and we would try to see how many pieces oh we fit in our mouths before we started choking on it. And I think one time my friend Jack got to like 35 pieces or something. It was impressive. It was awesome. Okay, that's crazier than anything. I mean, there was a lot of ups and downs, and obviously in any sport you're going to, have some bad times mentally and and but for the most part like it was a blast and i had a good group of guys that i was friends with so i don't regret anything what would be your three action items to any athlete who just recently graduated in 2022 and they're currently taking on the real world i think one of them would be go on youtube and just start watching a bunch of videos on things you're interested in that's like my biggest thing is like I go on YouTube and I watch like one week I'm into cars. And I'm like, all right, let's see if it's anything interesting or if there's a career path in that. There's stuff on everything, right? Like, and you can kind of get an idea like if this is something I'm interested or not. I think YouTube's a huge tool for finding a career path. YouTube University, baby. Yeah. No, it's no joke. You can learn so it's much like, on YouTube. You can learn anything on YouTube. Anything. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I would say is just speak to people because you kind of don't realize how many contacts you have until you're looking for a job or like looking for something you're interested in. Um, you might have a friend who already does real estate and you can call them up and like, what are things you enjoy about being an agent and how can I get into this? Right. So use your contacts, I would say. And then a third one would be. I think just experiment, just do multiple things. You know, you're coming off of 10, 15 years of your life, this thing you did your entire life and it's over with, and you got to find something that brings you as much joy and passion as that did. And it's not going to come in a day. You're not going to find it on the first thing you do. You know, you might go get a job and you're not enjoying it. So like go your next round and find something else you like to do even more, you know? Yeah. Like you said, we did the same thing for 12 to 15 years. And all you know. Yeah, it's all you know. And it's like now it's like, oh, my God, there's so many things to choose from. Like, where do I even start? And I think your YouTube advice is honestly amazing. And like, just go in there and start looking up things that you like and see if, like you said, it can be a profession. Because nowadays, everything is so digital. To be honest, it most right. likely can be a profession. <laughs> well, this was great. I appreciate your time, Andy. Yeah, Instagram, Facebook. Um, check out Ballpark Eats. It's my food truck. So if you're in the Tampa area, you're looking for a, for a food truck to come to your event, hit us up. we got good food. Yes. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So Ballpark Eats is where oh, it is geez. at. Love it. All right, Andy. Thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Lifeletics podcast. I invite you to leave any feedback in the review section so we can continue to better our content. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit the subscribe button for more. It helps us more than you know. See you next week.